If you could just picture my last uh, few minutes here, uh, literally the past, I would say, four minutes of my life scrambling, running into my studio to hit record right now. <laughs> it would be so embarrassing. Uh, here's, here's what happened. This is, this is how this came about. This morning, I have been editing a podcast that I'm putting out uh, this next Monday. I, I don't know what I'm going to call it yet, but it was a conversation with the owner of Red Locks Irish Whiskey here in Minneapolis, Kieran Foliard. The whole concept right now and the whole uh, vision behind uh, this whiskey is this thought, give it a shot. That's kind of their whole marketing ploy of the whiskey. Give it a shot. And it's kind of a, has this double meaning because on one hand, yes, it's like this, this is a new whiskey on the market. Give this a shot. So you've got that, but also it embodies his belief and what he's hoping to do beyond even the whiskey in this, uh, in his relationships with entrepreneurs and artists and musicians and people locally, this belief he has that you should give your ideas a shot. I was thinking about this morning and I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about personally in my relationship with this thought of giving things a shot. Okay. What uh, like really seriously for me as a person stands between me in my mind, what thoughts and hesitations in my mind stand between the idea I initially have to try something new and the action of following that and giving it a shot. As I was thinking about it, I've been thinking about the past few years of my life have really been the embodiment of this, trying new things, trying new endeavors, following different creative outlets and uh, creative, like, uh, tons of different things. For the longest time in my life, my identity, my one thing, like I was screw being a jack, jack of all trades, I was going to be an ace of one thing and that one thing is bass guitar and I, I obsessed about it for years. So I get to this place in my life a few years back where my my curiosity for other uh, creative mediums just became too strong for me to ignore. And so these things that were within me, first one of them being uh, writing. I had this idea for this podcast. Uh, another massive one for me while I was on tour, I just became a really uh, romantically in love with black and white film photography. Now here's the deal. I share all this with you because specifically because something I've been really frustrated with, I've, something I keep running into, is this confusion. Just shouldn't you, see, I even talking about it, it shouldn't even be a thing, but it is. It, this is a real this is a real part about uh, having different creative outlets doing more than just one thing. My insecurity, was that if I started doing these things, putting them out into the world, these things outside of just specifically bass guitar, what if people stop thinking of me as just a bassist? Like maybe people will think I, if I post online about things I've been creating, maybe people think that I've quit playing music. And my natural reaction to that, if I were to hear someone else saying that, it's like, no, no, just put whatever you want out online. There's space for everything that you do in the world. It won't confuse people. But really, my insecurities were almost validated over the past five or six years in that I've had a ton of people come up to me and say, oh, 
are you, so are you are you not playing music anymore? I see you're doing like is the the podcast your only thing or let's this photography thing? Or have you transitioned? Are you not doing music uh, and you're just doing photography now? And it gets so frustrating. Because there is this mindset in the world of stay in your own lane. People, I don't know what it is. Maybe this is just the pure tendency to want to make sense of things and make sense of other people. So we put them in a box. Who are you? What do you do? What's the one thing you offer? What's the one thing you're focusing on? But every time I think about that, I like this, there's just like, there's just truth. Like there's this like, a440 resonant frequency in my core that says, no, I'm more than just one thing. Like my curiosity and my uh, creative endeavors can't just be held by one specific outlet in the world. Uh, I know that to be true, but at the same time, I still constantly have this freaking insecurity about it and frustrate oh the frustration about it. Whenever I hear, oh, are you so are you still like playing bass? What does that look like for you? Ah. Oh. Yeah, it's frustrating, and I don't have any answers about how to approach this. I have no personal answers other than I don't know if I have a choice. I have to do these multiple things or else I won't feel creatively fulfilled, so I don't necessarily have any answers within this other than, man, the most frustrating thing really is the most... uh, really the most crippling thing to all of this is anytime I feel like I am alone in the way I feel about something. And so any chance that I have to stumble on any sort of solidarity, whether it's in a conversation with another friend of mine or uh, stumbling on it in like today, I'm going to share with you a podcast snippet, uh, a podcast I was listening today. Yeah, something within me just like explodes when I hear that. It's like, oh, it's like I've been holding my breath for as long as I can. And just, I finally get like this massive deep breath in. I'm like, oh, fi- okay, finally I can breathe. I'm not, this, is, this isn't just a me thing, something wrong with me that I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, this is just the way things work and that's okay. And maybe there isn't a clean cuts answer or process or tools or hack or trick or something else that could be really easily summed up in a one minute social media content. Uh, so that's what happened today. That's why I was kind of freaking out because, um, I had this morning and I was thinking about this. I was thinking about my past few years and all my endeavors and, uh, my curiosity, my creativity and my frustrations within this. And then I went, I took a shower and as I'm showering, I'm listening to a podcast called the off camera show, which is one of my all time favorite podcasts. Uh, it's hosted by a guy named Sam Jones, who is a brilliant photographer and one of the most kind, gentle, empathetical, curious interviewers I've ever heard. So I'm listening to this episode, specifically one where he uh, is the interview is being flipped around and he is being interviewed by someone talking about his process and his life and his creative endeavors. And he starts talking about the same freaking problem I've had. So I want to share this snippet of Sam Jones talking about that experience and what all of this has looked like for him. Not, uh, not in the sense of having any answers Do this. It's okay. It's all going to work out. I don't have any of that shit, but for me right now, I was hearing that and I'm in the shower. I'm like, holy crap. So I'm like drying off as quick as I can. I got dressed and I ran in here, sat down 
uh, turned on the studio, went back, made a cappuccino, came back down, took a deep breath, calmed down, Morgan. Let's record a podcast. So that's where I am right now, just freaking out because sometimes for me, just knowing that I'm not alone in this is enough for me to uh, recognize those voices in my head that are holding me back and tell them to shut the hell up or at least thank them for their discernment and thank them for their care about my future safety, but tell those voices in my head, all right, you don't have to get out of the car, but you can't stay in the driver's seat. You got to get back in the back seats and maybe don't even touch the radio. I'm not alone in this. That being said, I, I've not stopped doing the other things I do at all. And like next week, I'm going to do a Vanity Fair job uh, with Francis Ford Coppola. And I'm looking forward to that so much to just do a pure photo shoot. Right. You know, for me, I think... I think I realized one thing about myself, which is I'm never going to be the one thing guy. Right. And it, and it confuses people. And it's funny, because when I did the Wilco documentary, I used to read, you know, in Vanity Fair magazine, you open it up, and in the beginning, they have the contributors page. Yeah. And you read about some writer, some editor, some photographer. Yeah. And I used to read the photographer blurbs, and they would say, oh, so-and-so is putting a book out and is having a show in Paris and uh, is going hang gliding in the Andes or something. and. My bio would be like, he's just taking a bunch of pictures, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I wouldn't tell people I was also like making fake radio shows in my garage right. or, you know, drawing cartoons or something. Right. But I thought, okay, I need to go out and do something else. Like, this is, this is acceptable. And, and it, was, it sort of seemed like uh, part of the deal that you had to like have something else about right. yourself that you were doing. Whereas at the time, like, photography just took up all my time. Right. So I went out and I made the Wilco documentary, and, and that was a crazy chapter of my life. It, I put my own money into it, and I, I, it was like my film school. I didn't know what I was doing at all. I learned on the fly and everything. And uh, as you know, the film was pretty well received yeah. and had a theatrical release. Yeah. And all of a sudden, uh, the phone stopped ringing for photography. And, and I'd call my agent and I'd say, what's going on? I should be blowing up now. Like, all these people know who I am. Right. And she said, everyone thinks you've quit photography. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to have to tell them you're still working. <laughs> and that's when I sort of like one of those true things that I'm sure everyone else realized long before me, but it, this thing hit me, which was that people just expect you to stay in your lane. Yeah. You know, and then now it's one of the main things I talk about on this show with actors. And one of the first things I ask is, you know, what roadblocks do you run into when you try to go outside of the the thing that you're known for. Right. I mean, I always cite the perfect example as Kramer. <laughs> like, there couldn't be a more perfect acting performance of someone embodying a role right. than Michael Richards being Kramer on yeah. Seinfeld. But thank God that thing went for like nine seasons because yeah. he was so good at it that no one will let him out of that lane. But that happens to, I think, almost every actor, every director, and every musician on some level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So cut, fast forward to now, just had a conversation with my agent, and we looked at the schedule, and, and I realized, you know, I had to turn down a few jobs this year because of off-camera, and I, I did less photography, which is fine, but I asked my agent about it, and she goes, yeah, people think you're just doing off-camera and you're not doing other things, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it, at a certain point, you go, okay, well, maybe the world's right, maybe you can't do everything. Right. And, and that's my big struggle now. At the age I am and where I am, I've got kids in school, I got... Um, 
a really busy life and and focusing on things and, and making them great, it, it's tougher when you spread yourself into more things. So that's, that's my struggle right now. I, I really enjoy when you ask that question in the interviews on Off Camera about the changing lanes or doing other stuff. And you're right, Ethan Hawke was a great interview about that. Um, one thing that I'll say is there's, there's two types of changing lanes for performers and stuff. There's genre stuff, like you're a comedian and then you wanna do a drama. You know, we had an experience, Matt Damon and Ben and I, with Good Will Hunting, where Robin Williams comes in, he's a big comedian, and he, you know, wins an Academy Award for doing a, arguably a dr dramatic part, right? Right. And he was so grateful and amazed by that experience that he could actually go out and, and sort of flex that muscle. And I, but what I would say as a producer, we look at people as creative versus business, right? And the lanes are, probably bigger. It's like the 405 going past you, right? <laughs> right? There's one over here. And so like when, you know, another, you know, when Ben Affleck says, I'm going to go direct a movie, I say, yeah, of course, you know, you, you wrote a movie, you star, you're an actor. Well, now you can go direct it. It's all creative. And I love listening to interviews where people say, no, they're totally tight. Like Kramer trying to do something else yeah. is, that's crazy. But what I would also say is it's even a bigger leap when you decide to go to the business side. When you decide you're going to fund it yourself. You decide you're going to produce it and figure out how to make money from the project that you're making. And I would say in off-camera, you, you made that choice. You, right. you, you said to yourself, and you said in the Wilco documentary, you spent a little bit, of, you know, you, you spent some of your own money. But again, that was a creative endeavor that you wanted to go do. And I'm sure at some point the band said yes. And you said, okay, let's go figure out how to do it. And you, you did it and made it a reality. But it wasn't an ongoing, I'm going to start a business that I have to balance the budget and I have to figure out how it's going to work. And I would say that for me, when I hear the changing lanes things, that's always a big one because it's a natural thing when you become talented and you have some success that you also then have projects you care about that you want to get off the ground, which requires a business side of your brain. Whereas again, me being the totally you know, non-intellectual producer, to me, the creative side of your brain can be all creative, like writer, director, musician. You know, I, I, I'm always amazed when an actor sits down at the piano and can play the shit out of a thing or, yeah. you know, start singing. And you see it sometimes with guys like Will Ferrell and other people, like he's a comedian, and all of a sudden he can do other stuff. You know, Hugh Jackman, I mean, he's out there doing a giant sing-dance right. song, and he's also Wolverine, right? <laughs> but somehow in my mind, right, that still is a lane. It may not be the same size lane that your actors and your... But, but to then jump over completely the hill and say, holy shit, now I'm gonna go over here and become the business guy. And, and I would say that I've been very impressed, having been more on that side, that you as a producer, you and your partner as business people have made this an ongoing business. You've figured out the economics, you, you've taken ownership, you're using multiple distribution platforms right now. You're making that decision about how we distribute it. You know, it's not DirecTV, it's right. not your podcast people, it's not some big, you know, magazine publisher, it's you guys. How has that been for you, sort of, you know, flipping to that other side and sort of really being the quote-unquote businessman of this creative endeavor? You know, God, that is, a, it's such a great way to describe, like, that big lane. And, and I think the business thing for me comes out of the need to get it done, like to see to see something so clearly. I mean, I think when you're a true creative, you see something really clearly. And once, like that's the hardest part to be creative, right? Is the idea. 
once you get the idea and it comes into shape in your mind and you can pre-visualize it, then it's just a problem to solve. Some people say, okay, I got this great idea. Here's the, my script. I wrote it. And then they go out and they find a problem solver studio who can just give them the money and do it, right? Yeah. And as a photographer, it's once you see it in your head, it's telling your crew and everything how to how to place things and the light and all this stuff so that the thing you see in your head becomes it's that problem solving thing but i think i think for me with with this show and with the documentaries to some extent i don't want to wait for someone else to to see the idea or validate the idea and unlike a picture where you can go take it and then you can go see and then the person goes see and you're seeing the same thing Pitching an idea is very different because you can pitch an idea and you can pitch it to three people in the room and each, each one will have a different idea of what that looks like. Right. So with off-camera, I think I want it to look a certain way and I want it to be just, just like the thing in my head. And I knew if I went out and started pitching it, no one was going to do the black and white thing. Right. We haven't even talked about that, but like, no one was going to pay for the black and white thing. And I just thought, okay, I'll just make it. And then we'll figure out the other stuff. And that becomes the necessity. Like, first you make it, and then you figure it out. And so it's been a huge education to, to have to sort of set up the business structure of things. And I did. I brought on a business partner. Rob Morgan is an internationally touring bassist on a journey to discover what it means to live a curious life. At thecuriouspod.com, you'll find an archive of conversations recorded all over the world, a map of recording locations, a weekly newsletter, and official podcast merchandise. Rob is recording a daily podcast where he's sharing insights into the creative journey and the secrets to living a curious life that he's discovered from over a decade of traveling the world with music. We here at Curious Endeavors have told him this is probably a mistake, and he's an idiot to attempt it. But he won't budge, so that's where we're currently at. We hope you'll enjoy.